Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. First week I spoke about, thank God for Christmas. Thank God for Christmas because man had just messed it all up and, and God had to get back in and legally take everything back. And so we need to thank God that he sent his son and, and we have this, this celebration of Christmas because he only could do what his character and his nature allowed him. He's a holy God, he's a just God, and he's a loving God. And if he has to walk in with, with that character, with that nature, there was, there was only one way he could come back and rescue us. And so we all need to be so thankful and, and it's just too much to regurgitate, but get, get back and look online and, and see um, what I said about that. It's so important that you see that. And, uh, and then last week I said, don't miss Christmas. Man, we, so many of us miss Christmas and miss the emphasis of Christmas. And um, I, I pulled out from the, new, uh, from the first century thing, people that, that miss Christmas. And the innkeeper, he missed Christmas. Man, he was so, he was so wrapped up in business and getting presents and getting everything set, set up because, man, abundance came to Bethlehem that he missed it. And we can relate to it because we get so busy with all the parties and all the traditions and all, all the things that happen around there that we miss Christ of Christmas and the real value of it and the real importance of it and being able to live in it. And so we, we realized he missed it. And then also obviously King Herod, he really didn't like the news that there was another king in town because it's like our hearts. We don't want another king on our hearts. We want to be the king of our hearts and the throne of our hearts. And so uh, we don't, mustn't let our hearts miss Christmas. We must make sure that, that Christmas finds its place. Christ finds its place on the throne. And dethrone yourself because you are a bad God. You're a bad king. You're, a bad, you're bad whatever until Jesus comes in and sorts you out. Hallelujah. So, and then obviously, obviously the religious guys. Then he had a six-mile walk to Bethlehem, and they, and they could tell, they could tell um, uh, King Herod all about when he was coming from Micah 5.2 and, and, and tell, talk about the prophecies, but they couldn't take the six-mile walk to go and meet Chris, uh, Christ, uh, the, uh, the Christ of Christmas right there and celebrate him. But the wise, the, the wise, the wise men took two-year journey to get there. How about the shepherds? Man, they left those, those, those lambs, those lambs that they used to nurture because Bethlehem was known for the lambs that, that they used to buy those lambs because they were without spot and blemish. They're the ones that needed to go to get sacrificed and, and those shepherds were watching over those lambs. And funny how the angel said, you must go and, and this is be the, 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 the witness, the testimony that this, there, there is the Christ. There'll be a, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Interesting to know. That, 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 that a baby lamb that is without, with perfect, that, that without blemish and stuff, that would wrap that baby, that, that baby lamb in, in, in swaddling and place it in the manger so it wouldn't get any defects, wouldn't get damaged, wouldn't get hurt by any of the others. And so it was the exact same thing that Christ, the perfect lamb of God, was placed in that manger. Anyway, I'm sidetracking here, but the religious wouldn't even take that journey. Why? Because the religious think they've made it. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I keep all the rules. I'm not as bad as so-and-so and so-and-so. Don't compare yourself with others. Compare yourself with Jesus Christ. I will give an illustration a little bit later that will kind of sort you out, sort me out as well. But I want to talk about this, this, this week, the reality of Christmas. Church, it's, it's not just living and, and knowing all about Christ. We need to live in the reality of it. We need to live understanding that we need to live in the truth. 
in this reality. We've got to live in it. It's like come here, uh, saying, I'm part of Coastal, but I can only connect online. I only text you guys. Uh, no, no, come and get in here and get involved. That's what it is to get in with Christ. It's not just a, a dabbling with this. We believe it, we live it, we come here, we worship, we get on our knees, we raise our hands, we get involved because we are with Christ. We are in Christ. That's what we need to do. And so here, yeah, when we're looking at the reality of Christ, we can't just dabble with this and, and stay on the fringes. Jump in, jump in and, and, and serve the living God. Serve and have the reality of Christ in you because Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us. And yes, as we, as we saw God um, right there back in Genesis, prophesy that Christmas had to come, that I made a way for Christmas. And he starts unbundling all that was gonna take place to those that had fallen, Adam, Eve, and the serpent. They all fell right there, messed it all up right there in the garden. And he's saying, man, you're gonna toil. Woman, you're gonna have childbirth. And you, serpent, Satan, using the serpent's body, I wanna just tell you, the seed in her. Now the woman never has a seed, but if you understand scripture and you, and you understand the scripture I'm gonna read, you understand that seed is the Holy Ghost that's gonna be in Mary. It's gonna crush you, it's gonna bruise your head. Ever wanna stop a snake? Do not stand in its tail. Do not stand in its middle part of its body. You stop a snake by standing on its head. Otherwise it'll bite you. And so he says right there, I'm sorted it out that the serpent's gonna come, you're gonna get your head bruised. And Christ came and, and did that very thing. And so when I'm looking at this, we just see that Christmas legally allowed God to come into planet earth through the birth of Mary with the conce being conceived by the Holy Spirit, allowed the bloodline and the family line to come through legally and Christ was born. And so we thank Jesus for that. But the reality needs to be that the reality of Christmas is that the power of sin is broken. Why well, we gotta live in that understanding because it, it, it retards us as believers. It retards our faith if we don't understand that the power of sin was broken because of Christmas. You say, oh, but it's all Calvary. No, there would be no Calvary. There will be no raising from the dead. There would be no resurrection if there was no Christmas. You understand that? So we need, to, we need to understand the reality of Christmas. Christ took the penalty of man's sin at Calvary, bruised Satan's head, which means he removed authority. When you crush somebody's head, you take the authority. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took it back right in that act at Calvary. He bruised the Satan's head. And before Christ, you understand that we gotta be, we slaves to sin. You need to understand that because it's, it's like an, a, a person that has an addiction. You think, no, I can handle it. I can sort it out. No, you can't. You needed help. You need assistance. You need Jesus. You need a program. You need help. Well, I needed help because sin had me. No matter how much I try and run away from it, it's like a magnet. I keep coming back to it. It keeps messing me up. There is no way I can get out of sin and be righteous in God without Christmas. I had to. I had to come to that reality. And so we understand that we are slaves to sin. The God of this world has full access to us. He's our slave master. We need to be aware of that. That's why Christ and Christmas. He's able to come and kill, steal, and destroy. He's able to take you as a white rat in the science lab and do anything with you, with cancer, with anything he wants to, because that's what the devil does. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
And so we need to understand that he, we are lawfully captive in our fallen state before Christ. Before you allowing Christ into your life, you are captive. You're lawfully detained. Why? Because he purchased the rights. Because when he went and he tempted, uh, tempted Jesus in the wilderness, what did he say? All these kingdoms were given to me. By who? By Adam and Eve, because Adam and Eve were given it and they handed it over. So we need to understand the legal a- a- aspect of this. But Christmas came. Hallelujah. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.17. So anybody who's in Christ is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And 1 John 4.4. 4. You need these scriptures. You need to memorize. So when the enemy comes and prods you, stabs you, pushes you around, you say, no, it's written. I'm a new, cre- new creature in Christ. Amen. No. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The scriptures need to rise up. Why? Because we are in Christ. We're seated in Christ. We need to understand that. In Christ, the power of sin is broken. I'll tell you what, things that I, I couldn't shake off. One of the things was, man, in the military, you got some colorful language. Where did I give my life to Christ? In the military. And two weeks later, I'm thinking, no, this is not right. Say, God, help me. My language sucks. I tell you what, it's terrible. I can take the wallpaper off the wall with my language and that's not good as a king's kid. And within two weeks, my language changed. I could instruct and get better results without all the flowery language. And I had better results because when he comes in, he changes it all. It's in Christ, the power of sin is broken. The penalty of sin is broken. I stand in, not in my righteousness because they are filthy rags. I stand in the righteousness of Christ. And man, that positions us. And we need the reality of that church. We need the reality of that in our lives because when we understand that we are free from the power of sin, sin has a hold in us. But when I said yes to Jesus, those shackles were broken and were removed. But I want to just tell you, in Christ, it's just not a bed of roses and plain sailing. Just uh, Genesis 4, 7 says, sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Man, he's sitting there. Sin is just sitting there. But you must subdue it and be its master. I tell you what, you have the Holy Ghost. In Christ, you have Holy Ghost help you to say no. He, uh, he alarms you and alerts you before you're about to say those words. Ask me. Oh, and I want to say some nice things to some certain drivers on the road. <laughs> Not today. Had a guy, Don Norman, who raised, a, who, who raised many in, in Christ, man. He was just an amazing man. And uh, he, man, I tell you what, the Holy Ghost had his, his job cut out for Don Norman. I mean, I told you a little while back that he came around the corner and he saw a, 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 t- a ticket person giving him a ticket. And so he ran up, grabbed the ticket person, threw on the hood of the, and then said, you know, Jesus loves you. It took the Holy Ghost from the corner all the way to that hood to stop him to get Jesus back on the throne in his heart because he was about to say the wrong thing. And I want to just tell you, as believers, we are going to sin. You are not going to glow in the dark. Why? Because we live in this fallen world. But I tell you what, church, you've got to understand we have an advocate whose name is Jesus Christ. That stands and says, Dad, I paid for that. I paid for that stupidity Rod's busy with. I've paid for that. I'll get his attention. I'll send the Holy Ghost to slap him. <laughs> he lovingly slaps me, you know. He says, Rod, that's stupid. You don't do that. You don't do that. And so you understand that we have an advocate. Because Satan is looking for a hook. He's looking to find an inroad into you. He's trying to find a way to land the plane. He's like a plane that's looking for an airstrip to land. 
And if you allow him, you open the door and you are tempted and baited and eventually succumb, then he lands and then he hits you with guilt and condemnation. That's his strategy all day long. Tempt you, tempt you, tempt you, reason, no, it's fine. Nobody's seeing you. Nobody will know. You take the bait and then he says, yeah, and you call yourself a Christian, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you want to worship Jesus, hey, hey. And so what we have, we don't live in the reality of understanding that we're, we're the, sin, the power of sin is broken. We, we are so sin conscious. So you also understand <laughs> that we're all at different places in our walk with Christ. So what's sin for me can't be sin for you and may not be sin for you. There's certain things as in, in my leadership responsibility, I can't walk in it because it's sin to me. But for you, you haven't got to the, that place in your journey when the Holy Spirit said, now nah, it's start, time to stop that. Sandy Brown got born again as a topless waiter in, in Las Vegas. Carried on preaching the gospel for six months topless. Got people saved. And then the Holy Spirit says, listen, it's time to put some clothes on. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And we just realize. But church, don't open the doors. Don't allow the enemy in. Don't. Recognize it. Realize it. Recognize it. And then repent. Metanoia. Change your direction. Say, God, help me, man. And if you don't, you still struggle, tell on yourself. Go to Jerry. Go to Alex. Go to somebody and say, listen, I have an issue. And you bring it to the light. Darkness has no more hold in it. It can't be a secret anymore. It's a, yeah, yeah, you're doing that. I said, yeah, I know. Alex knows. Jerry knows. Yeah. George knows. The guys know. I'm okay. I'm working at it. Holy Ghost is sorting me out and working on it. But don't allow that to stop your intimacy and, and walking in the full reality of Christmas because you've got the sin issue. Deal with it. Recognize it. And walk. Two obstacles that prevent us from living in the reality of Christmas. We're ignorant and oblivious of the truth that Christ has come and set us free. That is one thing. And then it goes on to say, you know, allowing the current sin that we're in, involved in, that we're working with, deal with it, dealing with us, it's, it's, it's preventing us from walking in the reality and the, and the, and, and the, and the, and the reality of Christmas because God's with us. I want to bring the scriptures in so that you can understand the name of Jesus and its power sets us free. And when you find yourself and you say, I can't live in this reality, call upon the name of Jesus because Jesus has the power to set you free in that moment. It's a moment by moment relationship that we have. So Matthew chapter one, verse 20, it says, Joseph, son of David, the angel said to do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is just confirming stuff I've already spoken about. And she will have a son in his name. And you are son, and you are to name him Jesus. It's so important that you understand that because there is an announcement that's coming from the from the, the unseen realm into the seen realm. And that announcement into that seen realm right there by that angel causes an authority to come in that name. And that name sets us free. And so it's important that we see that. And he will save his people from their sins. You don't understand the sin issue. It was a whole thing with all the animals that had to be killed and all the sacrifices because the sin issue kept keep coming up, keep coming up. And the blood of animals just could cover it, just could cover it. But now Jesus is being announced here. And he says, I've come to save my people once and for all. We're going to deal with this issue. 
And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God cannot come and fellowship with us until the sin issue is dealt with. And Jesus has come, dealt with the sin issue, so now fellowship is restored. Connection is restored and relationship is restored. We need to understand that he called his name Jesus. That means the Lord saves. So when we find ourselves in this situation where we're not living in the reality of Christmas and it's, and, and it's, it's awesomeness, because you think, man, I've got, a, I've got the sin issue, call upon the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus, man, this is a real thing. You know what happened there? God no longer became an outsider. God was no longer an outsider trying to influence us through kings and priests and prophets. He wasn't no longer doing that. God is now an insider. He has come in with Jesus Christ. Mary was the Trojan horse, came sneaking in, and Jesus came, and so now it's, it's, it's over. The game is on. Jesus is the insider, and he's right here. He's with us, and the, and the scriptures announce that. And so here we have Jesus who has access to save us. Forgive us, church. You don't understand what it is to be pardoned from your sin. We had uh, Greg Crayer, who's a guy who was part of our church in, in South Africa. He was a delinquent growing up. In fact, he had so many records and he could not apply for a visa to come to the United States when he was finally in his sound mind, born again and married. He couldn't come to America because he had a, he had a criminal record. So he wrote to the President Mandela and said, President, please, would you please pardon me of my misdemeanors when I was small? No, no small misdemeanors. The boy used to break in, wreck cars, do everything. He was a, he was a reprobate of note. And I was in the lounge the day he cleared the mail and brought the mail in. He says, a letter from the president. Opened the letter. He says, you've been pardoned of all your sin. Pardoned of all your cases against it. Pardoned of all your criminal offenses. And he could apply to come to the United States of America. That's what's happened with us because of Jesus. He has pardoned us. Did we deserve to get pardoned? Heck no. No, not at all. And so we have this incredible thing that he pardons us and he heals us and he delivers us and he brings freedom to us and he brings peace to us in the name of Jesus. So when that angel announced, and you will call him Jesus, in that name is wrapped up healing, deliverance, salvation, peace. That name is wrapped up in the Christ that we serve of Christmas. You understand that, 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 that his love, he loves us. He removed the guilt, the shame, the power and the penalty of sin. Whoa, you've got to understand the weight that's off you. That was a big issue with me, but I won't get there yet. But he opened the cage. We've heard the illustration, you opened the cage. And that's why he says in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Because he's the only door out of that cage. And he's opened it, but some of us want to remain in there. Or some of us are so ignorant that we are staying in there. And he says, I've given you a way out. You choose to walk out of this cage. I've taken the shackles of sin off, the penalty of sin off you. Walk in the freedom, come out of the cage, come off the shackles. And so, and then it would be, don't allow your faults, your failures and your flaws to keep you from interacting with God. The best place to go to is right there. I mean, I, I, was, I was in this place, you know, we're so sin conscious. That prevents us from walking in the, in, in the reality of Christmas. We're so sin conscious. Because I mean, religion has bounced that on us. 
Even some of these crazy manic churches will preach hellfire and brimstone. No, we need to be God grace conscious more than sin conscious because when we hang around light, it exposes our darkness and I think, okay, and let me deal with this. Let me allow his blood to wash me there. Allow me to be cleansed. And it becomes a wedge and we don't walk in the fullness of it. Jesus addressed this sin issue with Peter. It was a big issue with me. I knew my sister used to preach the hellfire and sister-in-law used to preach the hellfire and brimstone to me. And I was always concerned. I think, man, if Jesus showed up, I'm in trouble. Because when he pitches up in front of you and you understand him, that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I'll be weighed and measured and I'll be found wanting because I had the sin issue because I wasn't a goody two-shoes, okay? I had the issues. And here I am having this issue. But here we have in Luke 5, Peter has the same issue. Now, Jesus in his recruiting campaign for his disciples. And Jesus, after he was preached, had preached along the, the, the lake shore there, he said, Peter, hey, listen, push me out in your boat. Let's cast off a net there. And Peter, wow, 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 man, I've just cleaned my nets. I've just fixed my nets. I've wrapped them up. We're going out tonight. I toiled all last night, didn't catch anything. But because you say so, because you're Jesus, okay. You understand he's a, he's a newbie, not even a new disciple yet. I mean, he's just a newbie. So he pushes out throws out the net, he has a, a net breaking, boat sinking, catch, has to call the sons of thunder across. John and James say, hey, partners, come and grab this. And then we read here in the reality of who's in the boat with him. It's Peter. And I tell you, when you're walking with Jesus as a born again believer, you're gonna find out times when Jesus is in your boat and you're gonna get a reality of his awesomeness. And you're going to have a similar reaction to what he has here in, James, in Luke 5, 8. Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. That's the first thing that we do that causes us to walk away from the reality of Christmas. Jesus, get away from me. I'm a wretched man. Same thing. Peter did that. Couldn't, he, he said, no, I can't, I, I can't, I can't. It's the awesomeness of you doing what you just done right here in a busy, in, in a busy harbor, this kind of, kind of catch. It's just, I know you are God. And I'm telling you, and so, and I just want to say church, illustration I wanted to, wanted to say earlier, but I held it for now, is that we as sheep, when we are along nice green pastures, we look very white. We say, wow, look how white those sheep are. Put them in aspen snow and you're going to find out how dirty those little suckers are <laughs> because you're contrasting yourself with each other. You think, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as James or the Mikes. I'm, I'm much better than that. <laughs> Put yourself against Jesus Christ and snow and I'll tell you what, there's going to be a reality. You're going to fall on your knees and say, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. And that's what holds us back. And church, I'm beckoning you today. Do not walk away when that happens. Because Jesus went on and answered in verse 10 and said, Jesus replied to Peter, don't be afraid. Peter wasn't afraid of fish. He wasn't afraid of the storm. What is he afraid of? He was afraid that he, he was that sinful in front of this holy person. And he said, don't be afraid because I'm not going to make you a fisher of people. Straight away, he just grabbed it. And that's what Holy Spirit will do to you. I want to just, uh, uh, you to understand. Don't be afraid. 
Your sins are no longer separating you and I from God. None of our sins are doing that. So don't allow it to take away from the reality of Christmas in our lives. Walk in it. I want to just tell you, <laughs> when, when His love, when you're walking with Jesus, when His love is going to illuminate things in your life. He's going to illuminate our deficiencies and our shortcomings and our sins. He's going to do that because He loves us. He says that and He won't keep us where we're at. He loves us wherever we are, but when He gets us into His realm through His righteousness, He's not going to leave us there. He's going to work with us and woo us and say, come on, Rod, you can get to a better place. Come on, Rod, deal with this thing. And He'll move us along. That's what you've got to understand. It's, it's a given thing as a Christian. You're going to be in this place where you're continually journeying and God's wooing you along out of this nature of sin that we have all fallen into and have grown up into. And so God wants to do that. So He'll illuminate that. And so it's important that you understand that. So would you allow Jesus into your space, into your boat, so that he has an opportunity to bring his presence, to light up and bring us to a place where we are, are, are sanctified, that we changed? If you allow that, you live in the reality of Christmas, the excitement of it, the amazement of it. I say, bring it on, God. I'm going to run to you. I'm gonna to run to you, bring it on. And every time I get in your presence, bring it on. When I'm worshiping here on my knees, it's a, it's a good time to push a button in my life because I wanna change. I wanna repent. I want a metanoia. I want to come more into your direction because that's when you become a carrier of his presence. When you say to the mountain, be removed. When you lay hands on the sick and, 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 and God heals and delivers and sets free. Why? Because you have beckoned the Christ, the one who's with us to be in us and permeate through us. That's what happens. Man, if I can stir your appetite today, I want you to do that. It says here in eight, uh, John 8, 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know, change the name truth to Jesus. You will know Jesus and Jesus will set you free. Your job is not to try and clean anybody up, church. Your job is to bring them to the truth, to Jesus, and Jesus will clean them up. Jesus will set them free. That's what you got to do. So don't lay a heavy on them and say, you're a sinner. They know you're sinners. They know you and I are sinners. They know that. So don't lay heavy on them. Just bring them to Jesus and Jesus will bring them into that place. Oh, I can go on and, and, and talk about how, uh, how Jesus communicated his forgiveness. When that woman's the issue of adultery was thrown in front of her and he says, yeah, you without, without, the, without sin cast the first stone, they're all parted away. And Jesus was the only one that was able to and, li- uh, and legally able to throw that stone at her. And, she, and he said, Go and sin no more. How about the, uh, the, the, the four guys that dropped, out, dropped that paralyzed guy right down through the person's roof? And he says, what's separating you from your healing is forgiveness and I forgive you of your sins. Jesus continually wanted to make sure that the sin issue is dealt with. I wanted to tell you today, the sin issue is dealt with. It's a relationship issue today. Right, the second reality, and I'll be quicker the last two, Okay. But the sin thing, man, I have to push it hard because I don't want you to be a sin-conscious believer. I want you to be a grace-conscious believer. So when God pushes the button or you find yourself, run to God because He's the one that has the power to set us free. The reality of Christmas brings success. And I want to just pull up a a story from from the Old Testament about Joseph. And Joseph was... um, uh, in the situation, and I was just going to read verse 1 from Genesis 39. It says, yeah, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by, by, by the Ishmaelites traders, he was purchased by Potiphar and the Egyptian officer, 
and an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was a captain of the God of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And what happened? Joseph is one of the top Jewish family dudes, son. He is one of the, one of the 12 sons. And he finds himself getting sent by his dad out to go and check on his brothers because find out where they're at and find out if they're okay. And the brothers were jealous on him. So they kind of chucked him in a cistern. Then they eventually sold him to the Ishmaelites for 60 pieces of silver. And now the Ishmaelites are going and are going to make, make a profit on him in Egypt. And so they're selling him. I want to just say it's not a pretty situation for Joseph. You talk about from rags to riches. This is from riches to rags. Suddenly he is a nobody. I want you to understand that when he was there presented to be sold, there he is. They would, they would strip them naked. Why? Because they don't want to see any disease on them. They don't want to see any defects on them. They want to see what they are buying. So I want to just say that there he was. He had no name. He had no clothes. He had no family. He had no friends. And he had no title. Quite a position. I don't think any of us in this room or listening to me on the camera uh, are in that situation right, right now. Not in America. You'll never land up in that situation in a hurry. There's always a way. I want to tell you, that is the position, anywhere from that position of Joseph is up. I'm going to just say that to you. And with that kind of backdrop, here he is. And uh, pick myself up here. Verse 2, it says, yeah, the Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> right there, naked, no name, no friends, no family, no position. And it says that the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph, it sounds like Emmanuel, God with us. Here he is in this position. Goes on and says, so he succeeded. NIV says, prospered in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Some of us would have a stinking attitude, thinking I did nothing wrong. I'm my dad's blue-eyed boy. I've got the coat of many colors. They've ripped it off. They've thrown it away, torn it and sent it back to my dad with all blood in it. Here I am. I'm a nobody. I could be really miserable, but he doesn't. He hangs on to the God who is present with him. The way we need to walk in Christmas, the reality of it needs to be real in our lives. And so here he is and he's walking in it. And he says, and he was succeeded in everything he, he, he did as he served in the household of uh, the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, Emmanuel, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he, he soon made Joseph a personal attendant and he put him in charge to, of his entire household and everything he owned. That is the definition of prosperity, I want to just tell you. Not how much is in my bank, is how much of God is in your sphere and in your world. That will definitely define what, what, what prosperity is. The Egyptian master saw that. He saw that, that God was with Joseph. He also saw that God prospered everything that Joseph did. You've got to hang on to God in these moments, church. When you're going through the ups and through the downs, hang on to Jesus, allow the reality of Christmas to be in there. And it blessed the household of uh, the Egyptian home. It blessed him because why? Jesus was the carrier of Emmanuel, God with him. And, that's, and the word became, became a blessing. Yeah, we are, we are those believers that carry the blessing. We are the conduits through which divine favor flow. We are that. We want to, 
well, I want you to live in the reality of, 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 of Christmas and understanding that. This world has different measurements of position and possessions and achievements and, and, and uh, appearances. You even have to add likes and followers now. And so that kind of gives you status because you've got lots of likes and lots of followers. I always want to say, you just need Christmas. You need Jesus in your life. And that would be more, more than enough. And we will, you can clearly see those that are walking in the joy and the contentment and the peace because they're walking with God and because Emmanuel is true to them. They're living in the reality of it. There is a consistency in the spiritual gifts of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control is fruits that come out of our lives of a being constant people that are walking in the reality of Christmas. And so, yeah, even when Joseph uh, was... Um, had God with him when he was enticed by Potiphar's wife. He says, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against my God? You carry God right into all those things. And when Satan is gonna tempt you or any person is used by Satan to tempt you, you say, now, how can I do such a thing? How can I do that and, and sin against my God? And so it grabs you, it restrains you. And so we see that. I wanna tell you, Coastal, that I can tell you without, without a shadow of a doubt, we are walking as a church in, in, in the reality of Christmas. There is such a, a favor upon us as, as a church. It just is blowing me away. I'm sitting back like out of my body looking at what God is doing in lives here. It's amazing at the healings and the deliverance and the, and, and the, and the promotions and all that's happening because people are looking to a good God not a judging God and a God that wants to penalize you all the time. We serve in a God that absolutely loves us and we are posturing our hearts towards that. I'm watching the church just absolutely go ballistic. It's just amazing me. A last point as I close, the reality of Christmas not only breaks you, for, uh, breaks you free from the power of sin, not only makes you successful because that's what happens when you hang around, around God. Things, you become this, 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 this uh, vessel through which favor flows. I just want to say that. And lastly, when the reality of Christi, uh, Christmas brings victory. Brings victory, church. And I want to just pick up on Josephat. Josephat was a king, 35 at the time of the story. And here he is. And he was one of the good kings. I'm just finishing off reading through the Bible in a year. It's my third consecutive year of getting through the Bible. And I'm coming to an end. But I, I, when you're going through those, those kings, and this king did wickedness in God. Uh, wickedness before God. And this king did wickedness. And this king did good. And then the, then the next king comes and does wickedness. Anyway, Jehoshaphat was one of those kings that did good. He did good. He took down the Asherpoles. He took down all the idols. He, he challenged it and he brought their focus back to God. And so here we he is and the enemy is not going to play dead when, you, when, when you're pushing for the kingdom of God. And now I want you to know that as, as a believer. When you start standing up and walking in the reality of Christmas, the enemy is going to try and push back. But I'm telling you, you're more than a conqueror and you need to know the victory. You need to know the victory of Christmas in, in your life. And here we have Josephat. He has three nations coming against, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Mennonites, I think it's called. Yeah. And so they come. And so he, get, he gets to inquire of the Lord. He gets to bring himself to a place where he brings the presence of God to him. And he calls, calls the nation of Judah to, to pray and fast. And they do. And then a prophetic word comes forward and it and it. It's what happens to us who, 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 who live in the reality of God's presence with us. 
It happens here in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. This is what the Lord says to you, Jehoshaphat. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. It can overwhelm you. There's things around us in our world that can overwhelm us. Please do not listen to the TV. It's a lot of junk. It'll overwhelm you. It'll paralyze your faith. It'll bring fear. Rather go to the scriptures and, tell, and you read the end of the book. We win. Uh, we win. Anyway, back to the scriptures. Do not be afraid, discouraged of this vast army, for the battle is not yours. And some of you need to hear that today. The battle is not yours if you allow reality of Christmas to be in your life. You understand that God is with you. God is with you. Emmanuel's with you. And you need to be a, 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 so aware of that. For the battle is not yours. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord uh, the, the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Emmanuel is going with you. God before you, tough who's against you. It's verse 21. After consulting the people, Joseph had appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army. Fred, get Chris, get James in front of the, front of the music guys. We're going out to battle to put the big guys in front to take the, take the, take the javelins and the spears. Eh? <laughs> sing loud, sing bad, <laughs> chase them away. And it says yeah, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. I tell you what, you have victory when you beckon God into the midst of your situation. Sometimes it's the last thing we do. We go to the pharmacy, we go to the doctor, we go everywhere else except go to God and say, God, listen, I think I have an issue and I think I need to bring it to you in prayer. I have this financial issue. I'm, 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 I'm wheeling and dealing with the bank manager. I'm doing whatever I can. Again, it is not where you go to. You need to go first and bring the presence of God, bring Emmanuel into the situation. And I wanted to tell you the outcome of this, this year. God caused ambushments against each other. They slaughtered each other. And Joseph had guys didn't even break a sweat. Have God with you brings the victory. Coastal and listeners, I want to let you know that this life with God is a life walked by faith. Here I'm talking, very real, sitting in this building, standing in this building here on Flagler Beach, we have real lives. And so what I'm talking to you requires you to walk by faith. Have a posture that understanding that Christmas brings a reality of against sin. It sorts out success and it deals, it deals you and allows you to be in a victorious position. Very real. Say, right, I've got to get up and I've got to go back into this situation. Posture yourself with the reality of Christmas and go for it and say, God, I'm pressing hard into you because I know that you are my source. You are my victory. You are my way forward. And I'm going to hang on to you with everything I have. And so we need to have the confidence in the God who says this in Matthew 20, 28, uh, 28, 20. It says that there, it says, and surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. If God's a liar, all that is true. 
And I'll tell you what, I put, my, I put my life on God's word. Hebrews says this, Hebrews 13, five, and God said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So stand on God's word. I'm telling you, church, stand on God's word because we boldly know that Jesus came to rescue us. Jesus came as a sinless lamb and Jesus is here with us. He sent his Holy Spirit I will not leave you as orphans. I will empower you. I will be with you. And I will be able to be called Emmanuel, God with you, because he is in the inside working with us. And I want us to know that because whew, it's a joy living in the reality of Christmas. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Maria, if you would come, where art thou? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Let's bow our hearts because Holy Spirit is, there's lots of things that Holy Spirit can prod us on. And I want you to all ask, Holy Spirit, what is this message telling me to do? What is this message prompting me to do? Am I stuck in this place where I've distanced myself from having an intimacy with you because of the sin issue? If that is it, just call it what it is. Say, God, this is it. Name it. Announce it. If you're playing in a place where you just, just, you're just working life yourself, you, you put, you, it's all about you and what you can do and how you can maneuver things and how you can wheel and deal and how you're going to... And God's saying, where am I in this? Would you allow me to come in and create the, the godly success that I've designed for you? And then some of you really need victory. And you've been looking in all the wrong places for victory. I want to tell you today, Christmas is here. The reality of Christmas and the victory of Christmas is here today. As strong as it was that the day Jesus came and was born is this, as strong as it is today as the power of the Holy Ghost is in us and with us and works through us. So Father, would you just do your heart surgery like you do? We know that your presence illuminates things, brings to our attention. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.